Solid Rock. Thank you for joining online this morning on our website and on YouTube. It's great to have you this morning. Welcome. Welcome. Over the last number of weeks, we've been talking about the thought and the phrase, this is a house. The first week we talked about this is the house of God. First and foremost, this facility is the house of God. It's not just a house, it's the house. His rules, his house. Then we went on and we talked about Jesus being the foundation. No other foundation can they lay except Jesus Christ, talking about how to build our lives. And, and then we saw that not only is this is the house, but then you and I are the house of God. We are a house of God. We are his house. We are his temple. He lives within us, which is an awe-inspiring thought. It, it's, it's, it's intriguing. It's amazing to consider and to think about. And then last week, we spent some time talking about building your house. How do you build your house? And I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to those, these, I believe, are foundational building blocks for this house, Solid Rock Church, and how we will see things moving forward and progressing forward. I believe these are fundamental things, and not only for the church, but also for personal growth, family growth, um, corporate growth. These, these are things that can be applied individually as well as family-wise. And this morning, I want to take the thought, this is a house of family. This is a house of family. The key text, I've got a lot of verses this morning, but the key text I'd like to look at is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're able to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to read about five or six verses, and then I want to jump into a number of verses talking about family, relationship, and I want us to see what God has to say about family and about each other. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 through to verse 20, it starts and says, For the body is not one member, but many. The body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is for this reason any less part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, is it not for this reason? Is it it is not for this reason any less of the body. And he goes on and then he goes, and if they, verse 19, if they were all one member, where would the body be? But the, now there are many members, but one body. It's, it's intriguing and fascinating to think of the body being one and yet many. And then to continue that thought as, as Paul writes and goes, and it's not just one, but many, but it's also many and one. It's a combination of both. We are one body, many members, but we don't just stay there and say we're many members. We're also many members that comprise one body. It's both ways. It's both and. And Paul here is given this amazing picture and, and explanation of, in this passage, of using our spiritual gifts to help edify and build up the body, help and edify building up one another. Your gifts, your talents, your strength, 
are not just for you, but in fact, they are for the many. They are for others. Now, family in today's day and age is a whole lot different than when family first originated. God originated family in Genesis chapter 2. He looked and, and he, it says that he saw Adam and it was not good that he was alone. And he created Eve. And then in chapter 3, Adam refers to Eve as the mother of all living. And it says that for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So we see right from the beginning a picture of family. God loves family. Family is under attack in our world. Families are being ripped apart. Families are being divided. Families are under an attack, and they have been for a long, long time. And it is critical and crucial that we understand the power of family, the power of one body, the power of being together. So this morning as I'm preaching, I want to share with you some thoughts about family, about the body, about members one of another. And as I do this, what I want us to see is that I need you and you need me. We need each other. You need my humor. I am so funny. You need to understand that and appreciate that. I'm here to make you laugh and to smile, and then I'll give you some medicine, and it will go down easier. But we are needing each other. We are family. Some of the words that describe family in today's vernacular and in today's feelings are words like community, tribe, belonging, group, body, members, us. Those are kind of words that Although they may have different meanings, they also have very much the meaning and the collective thought of what family looks like. Family does not just look like a father and a mother. Family is complex. Family has generations. It's not just one generation. The church family is not just one generation. It's multi-generations. It's many generations. It's grandparents seeing great-great-great-grandchildren. It's, it's great-grandchildren seeing their great-grandparents. It's, it's family. It's father and daughter. It's husband and wife. It's siblings. Family is so complex. It's not just one-dimensional. And so as we, we do this, we also see in today's society some of the sentiment about people finding family. And some of the words they use are, you know what? I found where I belong. What they're saying is I found family. I found something that, that, that I want to embrace. I found where I belong. I found my group. I found my tribe. Here's one that, that expresses family in today's world. They get me. I mean, you get me. You get me. You, 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 you understand my humor. You, you get me. And, and it's, it's phrases like that. And, and those aren't just little catchphrases. Those are phrases, phrases and expressions that describe the sentiment and the feeling of family together belonging. Uh, another phrase that I've heard many times, brothers from different mothers. And what they're saying is, is we're family. We may not have exactly the same backgrounds, but you know what? We have the same things about us, the DNA. There's, there's something about us that goes beyond just, just the, the mother and the father. We, we connect. We connect. 
They're all expressions of the emotion and the joy when someone finds their family. And in today's day and age, people are looking for family. Today, people are striving, looking, and chasing after family. Where can I belong? Where can I just be? Where will they accept me? Where will they just look at me and they won't judge me? They won't this. They'll just take me in. People are craving to be loved and accepted in today's world. And I'll even tell you this. It's even in the church. It's not just for unsaved, but even saved people who have maybe had a rough past or not a solid upbringing or not a family that, that maybe some of us may have had, and they're craving to be accepted. I've never been listened to. I've never been heard. I've never been valued. I, I, I've just been looked over. People would, would come to our house and they wouldn't even greet me. And, and all those things, and, and they've, they've been deposited into people over time. It's not just one event. It's over time and time and time again. Every time I speak up, someone else speaks louder. They continue and I'm missed. And it's all those feelings. And then they come into a place where they go, ah, they just get me. I don't have to perform. I don't have to act. I can just be who I am. And sometimes the way I am might be different than the way they are. But they just get me. They love me. They care for me. They accept me. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about the body. It's not just one member, but many. And then he goes on and he says it's not just many members, but one body. It's both. In Ephesians 5, Paul is writing and he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And what I want you to see here is the simile or the similarity between a husband and wife, a family picture, a relationship, husband and wife, and Christ loving the church. So there's this picture. I think when we understand how family works well, we understand how church life can work well. When we understand how to function as family together, what we are actually doing is seeing and understanding how the spiritual application of that can be with many members and one body. In Colossians 3, I like this, verse 13, bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. I love the, the thought, bear with one another. That gives me a picture of it's not always easy. Can I just say, sometimes family is hard. Sometimes family is challenging. I have found that I usually hurt the ones closest to me more than the ones further from me. Because the ones closest to me, I assume they get me, they understand. I assume that I can just say one word and they understand what I'm thinking. I mean, my children do understand one word and they know what I'm thinking. When I say ice cream, they know what I'm thinking. But there's other times I'll say words and they just look at me. Why? Because I haven't communicated, but I just assume that they know what I'm thinking. Bear with one another. Family sometimes can be challenging. It takes a lot of work to build a family. It takes a lot of work to build a marriage. It takes a lot of work to build children. It takes a lot of work to build honor, to build a culture of love, to build a culture of honor, to build. It takes a lot of work to build. 
In Colossians 3.15, a couple verses after talking about bearing one another, I love this. He continues, and this must have been something that was a challenge because he says, let the peace of God or Christ rule in your hearts since you're one member, members of one body called to peace. The objective of family is not to stir things up. The objective of family is to nurture each other, to grow, and to have peace. It's to see the best in each other and encourage that. The goal of family is not to have a dust-up fight every time you're together. The goal of family is not to be divisive and to break up. The goal of family is to nurture, to grow, and to multiply, and to see others grow and multiply. In Psalm 133, it says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. There's power, and when you continue on, it says that's where God commands his blessing. Sometimes we miss out on the blessing of God because we're too busy fighting each other. I might be poking some of you today, but what I'm trying to do is see that we are a people, that this is a house of family. We may not always get it right. I don't always get it right. I know you think I do, but I don't. I don't always get it right. And I'm not expecting us to get it right every single time. But what I have found is the more times I aim at that, I get closer to it more and more and more often. And in Romans 12, Paul writes and he goes, if it's, a, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you. He's not saying as far as it depends on someone else. He gives the responsibility to you. As far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. In other words, quit stirring everything up and try to be at peace. Try to do what encourages peace. And he's talking about family, a body being together. In Exodus, it talks about honoring your father and your mother. If you want to have long days and live in the land that God has given you, honor your father and your mother. And that principle is not just talking about the physical father and mother, also those spiritual fathers and mothers. But here it definitely is a principle of family life. Children, honor your mother and your father. I have a mother and a father, and I am not exempt. I honor them. Honor your father and your mother. It doesn't end when you move out of the house. It changes. It increases. Honor your father and your mother. In Psalm 127, it says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the re- womb, a reward. It talks about a family structure and the, and the fruit of that. And then it says, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, children are like that in their youth to their family. Family, there's some, there's some powerful things. When a family is together, Walking together, there is so much that can be accomplished. In 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter isn't just for getting married, it's for getting along. Love. In Romans 12, it says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And he's talking about relationship here. In 1 John, it says, we love because he first loved us. 
the picture of family and relationship and loving one another isn't something that we make up. It's something that God has modeled, and because of that, that's our responsibility. I love because he loved me first. Another aspect of church and family being shown together is in 1 Timothy. Paul is writing in chapter 3 of 1 Timothy, verse 5, and he says, He's talking about if you don't manage your own family, how can you take care of God's house, his church? It's a parallel. And in the next chapter, chapter 5, 1 Timothy 5, he says anyone who doesn't provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. There's provision in the house. There's care in the house. And it's a, it's a powerful thought, and it's a very serious thing to take care of those in your family it goes both ways take care of your children take care of your parents because in life you will be in both of those places take care of your children take care of your parents and in Ephesians 6 it says children obey your parents children if you're listening and you're hearing me today Obey your parents. You say, well, that's, that's, that's harsh. Well, that's Bible. Obey your parents. What if they're wrong? Obey your parents. Hear them. Listen to them. Sometimes they're a little smarter than you and I were when we were kids. Fathers, don't exasperate your children, Ephesians 6, 4. Instead, bring them up in the instruction and the training of the Lord. And in Proverbs, it talks about raising a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they're not going to turn from it. These are things in a family structure. This is a house of family. We're not always going to get it right. Family doesn't always get it right. But family is together. Family has each other's back. I care for you, you care for me, we support each other. That is what family does, and that's what family is. In Joshua 24, and I referred to this passage last week on how to build your life, he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, talking about family, I will serve this Lord. We will serve the Lord. There's a common purpose and there's a common goal. Sometimes one of the challenges in a marriage is to change it from an individual goal and to have common goals. Take the time to have a common goal. Winona and myself, there was many times we would take time and talk about what the goal was because there were times when we didn't always have the same or the exact same thought with respect to something. So we'd get together, we'd talk about it. No, this is what we want. Okay, then this is how I'll change or this is what we're going to do. Talk about the goals. Talk about the common purpose. And I would suggest to you, you start by saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You start with God. It says in Matthew, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Have him established as number one in your family, in your life, and in your family. That is the greatest deposit you can have in your children, whether it's your natural children or your spiritual children. The greatest deposit you can have in their life is that you have exemplified, modeled, and showed them how that Christ and God is number one in your world and in your life. 
Choose this day whom you'll serve. Now, I, I've got a few thoughts with respect to family from these verses, and there's a few more verses, but I, I want to share with you a few thoughts. I wrote down about four items with respect to family. Fellowship, food, and forgiveness. Three items. With respect to family. Fellowship, food, and forgiveness. And I want to talk about those three points for a couple minutes here. Fellowship. Stay together. Stay connected. Members one of another. I have here 59 verses in the New Testament. I didn't pull them all up. I used this thing called Google. And it Googled, and I said, one another's in the New Testament. If you want to have a great little exercise, just go to that little search bar. And so one another's in the New Testament or in the Bible. And there's 59 one another's in the New Testament. Talking about fellowship. Be at peace with each other. Wash one another's feet. Well, that's a really good one. Love one another. That's multiple times. Be devoted to one another. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That's about four or five times. It's a little hard nowadays, and I'm not even sure what a holy kiss is, but, but it's something we have to be careful of today. But nevertheless, greet one another. However else you fill that out. Serve one another. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you'll be destroyed by each other. These are verses in the New Testament. Forgiving one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. In humility, consider one another better than yourself. That's a great one. Consider someone else before you. That's what the Word says. Don't lie to each other. Bear with each other. Forgive, teach, admonish. Make your love increase and overflow to each other. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Spur one another on to love and good works and good deeds. Spur someone on. Encourage them. Push them forward and say, you can do that. Encourage them. That's what family, that's what part of the fellowship of family is about. Live in harmony. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I like that he put that little catch-all phrase, without grumbling. That gets me. Each one of us should use whatever gift we have received to serve others. And then another bunch of one another's in 1 John. 59 one another's. So one of my thoughts about family is fellowship. If you want to grow family and get it growing and nurture it, stay in fellowship one with another. Stay connected. I will say, sometimes that gets complicated. Sometimes that gets messy. Sometimes that gets muddy. Sometimes it's hard. But the goal is not me and how I feel and my feelings. The goal is we are family and we're going to grow together. And I will put into this family to see you grow. The other word that I had with respect to family, we have fellowship, we have food. Stay hungry. So much happens around the table. 
And if you read the Bible, you even find out that there was so much that happened around food. The first miracle Jesus did was at a festival, at a feast. They were eating and celebrating life. And he turned the water into wine. And he says, and what he was showing them was the best was yet to come. Food. In, in Acts, it says they devoted themselves in Acts chapter 2, 42 and 46. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Breaking the bread. Eating together. There's food in family. There's something powerful. There's something. I believe there's something amazing that happens when we eat together. In Revelation chapter 3, I found this an interesting verse. Verse 20. This is a passage talking about to the church of Laodicea, the, the, the seven letters to the seven churches. And the church of Laodicea, I always grew up, was that it would be spit out of God's mouth because it was neither hot nor cold, but it was lukewarm. But if you continue reading those six, seven, eight verses, when he addresses the church of Laodicea, he continues, and then he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. To the very group that he was saying, Listen, I wish you were hot or cold because if you're not, I'd like... It, it, you're, you're not tasteful. You're just, he says you're lukewarm. And, but then he continues and he says, oh, but by the way, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, listen to this, I will come into him and eat with him. There's even a spiritual application where Jesus says, listen, I'm coming to the door. Why? Because I want to grow with you. I want to be with you. I want to have time with you. There's something about family and eating, especially when dad pays. And all my children said, amen. Food. There's also festivals, which were about food, the harvest festivals. Never stop celebrating life. Jesus gave his life, and then it says in John 10, he says, I came to give you life and to give it more abundantly. And he was actually saying the thief comes to steal kill and destroy if you've had moments where you felt it was stolen killed or destroyed i'm here to tell you that christ came to give you life and to give it more abundantly and one of the best ways you see that is in the setting of family get around people <laughs> i might get in trouble for this one get around people who like to eat also get around people who like fitness We'll put those together. But get around people who like to sit together and eat and share. I have seen the guards drop down when people eat. I have seen people share stories. I've sat across from people, and they've shared rich, rich stories over the dinner table. And sometimes you can learn more at dinner than you will in a classroom. Eating. And you say, well, that's, that's, that's like like carnal. No, that's... It's Bible. God says, sit down and eat. Let's eat. The last supper, he sat around with his disciples and he gave them, he spoke to them. The last supper. Communion is referred to as taking the communion, the supper. There's something about food with family. We did it for a long time. We haven't done it recently, but we had soup Sundays. And it was great. We just had people bring 
uh, buckets of soup, buckets of soup, bowls of soup, <laughs> bowls of soup, and, and we would eat together, and it was just great to see the fellowship. So much happens when you sit together and you eat. And the other word I had with family was the word forgiveness. Fam I have found this is one of the biggest challenges in family because there are so many times there's hurt, there's misunderstanding, there's assumptions, there's, there's taken for granted, there's, you know what, they'll understand, you know what, I can take this and they'll just let me go. And, there, and there's so much that happens sometimes in family that causes hurt. And if you're not careful, forgiveness, if it's not applied, the family, instead of growing together, splits apart. Forgiveness. Stay current. Stay current. Colossians 3, I read it earlier, but it says, Bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. When you forgive, and you might want to write this down, don't keep bringing it up. Forgiveness is, I forgive you, I release that, and I let it go. Forgiveness is not a string that you hold and that you pull back and that you manipulate with. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is, no, I release you. The disciple said, how many times do we have to forgive? And he said, 70 times 7. If my brother comes to me, how many times? And they were trying to look good, and God says, oh, Forgiveness is all about release. In fact, and, and also, forgiveness releases you. It does more for you than it does for the person who hurt you. So learn how to forgive and to forgive quickly. In Ephesians 4, he says, instead, 432, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as Christ or God through Christ has forgiven you. In Proverbs 19, I love this verse. Verse 11, Proverbs 19, verse 11. A man's insight gives him patience, and his virtue is to overlook an offense. Walking in a, in a lifestyle of forgiveness, it says love covers a multitude of sin. I think sometimes we are in an area, in a, in a world, or in an era of exposing and what would it be like if we covered and we cared for and we forgave? People, the ones that are closest to me, know more of my faults than anybody else. And yet they love me and they forgive me. And they know my weaknesses. They know my tendencies. And yet they choose to love me and they choose to forgive. Forgiveness and love and family are huge working together. In 2 Corinthians 2, it says, We ought to forgive and to comfort him so that he won't be ex overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Talking about how to walk together with one another. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. One another. In closing, I'd like to give you about five or six thoughts. Free family advice. I'd like to give you about five or six thoughts about some free family advice for you this morning. And some of these might not sound super spiritual, but I believe they can be powerful, powerful thoughts for you and I. So I want to just give them to you here. Eat together often. As a family, 
This is a house of family. Doesn't mean we have it all together, but this is a house of family. And one of the things that you do as a family, get in the habit of eating together often. It sounds so simple, but I tell you the dinner table is probably one of the greatest places of neglect in family time today. Take the time to eat together. Family advice. Here's one on how you solve a problem as a family, as a couple, or and this, this is not just for individuals as, as married couples, but this is family relationship. If you want to solve a problem, don't put the problem between you and the other person. Put the problem in front of you, sit together, look at it, and talk about it. This is free Family advice. Oh, you could give me something for it. I mean, I take easy payments. I, I can do e-transfer and stuff, but, but if you'd like, I'll just give you free family advice. Message me, and I'll give you my email so you can e-transfer. Free family advice. Put one thing in front of you. Don't put it between you. Don't sit apart. Sit together. Put one thing in front of you. Look at that and tackle that thing. Don't put 16 things. Just do one thing. Here's another free family advice. Watch your words carefully. Watch your words carefully. I have found with family, sometimes words are just, they, they, they just float around and they go out quickly. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say to each other. We don't have license. I don't have license just to just say whatever comes to mind. No. I take captive my thoughts. I, I discipline them, and I will be careful what I say. I don't always get it right, and neither do any one of else of us. But watch your words carefully. Think before you speak. Here's another free family advice. Open your heart and your ears to each other. Open your heart and open your ears. <laughs> Maybe I could add, close your mouth. Here's another free family advice. Stay current. This is a house of family. This is a house that stays current. This is a house that does not let things fester. This is a house of forgiveness. Now, I say don't let it for fester, forgive fast, but then I also say get over it free family advice, get over it. Sometimes we think, well, oh, he hurt me and offended me, therefore I'm going to go address it. And sometimes it's not a matter of addressing it. Sometimes it's a matter of addressing me and getting over it. Be mature, be strong, and don't bring every single little thing up. Instead, go say, God, what are you doing here? Help me. And if you do that, God will tell you what needs to be talked about with the other, and also God will tell you what you need to deal with yourself. There's things that I've had to deal with myself between me and God and not with anybody else. So family, free family advice, get over it. And the last piece of free family advice, own your own business. I could use another word, but I'll just say own your own business, your own mess. If you made a mess, own it and clean it up. Don't blame someone else. Just get in there and clean it up. Hallelujah. That was good preaching. I, I think that was really good preaching. Um, last thing I want to do this morning in closing, 
I'd like to speak some words over you today. And as I speak them, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to deposit them and to cause them to grow and to be, be enriched in your life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. May you walk in the blessing and the favor of Christ and him looking on you now and today and the rest of this week. In the precious name of our Lord and our Savior. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.